1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome into another edition of Believe in Titans on the Believe Podcast Network. I am Davey Hudson alongside former Titan Denard Walker, and we appreciate you joining us here today as we continue our draft coverage. As now, Denard, single digits, man. We're a week away from the NFL draft and seeing what the Titans are going to do with the 22nd overall pick. But before we continue to dive into all of that mess, I want to ask Do you believe? And Believe in Titans is presented by Bet Online. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. So head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online your online sports book experts the we've gotten to that point to where the book they have your prop bets on everything that's going to possibly happen for next Thursday night mm-hmm. I mean how many running backs are in the first round quarterbacks wide receivers d-line safeties you name it you can get all that go to bet online and check it out D. before we, we dive into some of your candidates, I wanted to say, first off, I've liked the names you've been throwing out there recently. Thank you. Definitely some guys that I, I wouldn't mind seeing in the two-tone blue. Real quickly, Jim Wyatt over with the Tennessee Titans. He has compiled around 30-plus analysts and what they think the Titans will do draft day. And again, this is for the 22nd overall pick, but I'm just going to read off a lot of the names We've been talking about these guys, but just to kind of go down through it real quick, wide receiver, Elijah Moore. Cornerback, Caleb Farley. Defensive back, Greg Newsom the second. Defensive lineman, Christian Barmore. Defensive lineman, Christian Barmore. Cornerback, Caleb Farley. Cornerback, JC Horn. Defensive back, Greg Newsom the second. Defensive back, Greg Newsom the Cornerback, Caleb Farley. Wide receiver, switching up a little bit. We got Kadarius Toney here. Guy out of Florida. Uh-oh. I said that. You did, you did. Uh, then we'll go, we're going back to it. Defensive back Greg Newsom the second. Uh, I said edge that name too. edge rusher Azizo Jalari. <laughs> Defensive lineman Christian Barmore. We're going back to Caleb, again. Caleb Farley again. Greg Newsom, Elijah Moore, Rashad Bateman, Tevin Jenkins. That's an offensive lineman. Wide receiver Elijah Moore. Wide receiver Rondell Moore. Offensive tackle Jalen Mayfield. I actually haven't seen that one before. That was Charlie Casterly of the NFL.com. Uh, wide receiver Elijah Moore. Uh, offensive tackle Tevin Jenkins, Oklahoma State. Cornerback, Eric Stokes. Uh, it's a bit of a stretch in my opinion. But Edge, Gregory Rizzo, Cornerback, Tyson Campbell, Georgia. Uh, Edge, Jalen Phillips, Miami. Wide receiver, Rashad Bateman. Uh, defensive lineman, Quiddy Pay. Edge, Jalen Phillips. Defensive back, Greg Newsome again. Rashad Bateman. Jalen Mayfield. Darius Tony, Greg Newsome. Greg Newsom, A lot of names. Greg no, of names.
0: We keep talking about Greg. But how many times have you mentioned his name?
1: I feel <laughs> like he was, by uh, by and large, the uh, key... Name that I have said when are yeah. reading through all of those. And again, uh, Jim Wyatt compiled that at TennesseeTitans.com. You can go check that out.
0: And not Ooh. one of those names the Titans will pick. <laughs>
1: More than likely, yeah. I mean, like, again, like that's, I, I think a lot of that's assuming they're drafting yeah. at 22nd. Assuming. Yeah, knowing how this all works. Exactly. It's not and likely ne- to be the case at the end of the day. So Never. Expect the unexpected. That's why. Yeah, that's who, your who saying. Told, oh, about to you, say, come hey, on! Yeah, really I'm to take it's a. A, it's a common saying, but well, I listen, wanted to man, steal it from to you. I know you, you use for it that all the time. Hey,
0: listen! I'm about to start charging you for using, you know, my words. And right now, believe just paid me a check. Let me see for ten dollars. So, you know, you say that again, man. You're gonna owe me. A, I'm gonna double that.
1: How much if I say, "I uh, your health is your wealth"? That's right. So
0: I'm not gonna complain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, D. Just kind of gone over that for the first round possibilities. I know we've talked a lot about the first round. I know last week we got into more of some possible later round picks, but I know you have been scouring the interwebs looking for some of those guys that might be, you know, your day threes. You guys, maybe they sneak up into the the later part of day two. I know you've done your research. You've got some more names for me. And I am curious. I didn't ask you beforehand. I'm going into this blind, just like the listeners. So let's see what our own Denard Walker has for us. D, who is the first name on your list?
0: Uh, who I'm going to talk about today, or who's going first in the NFL draft?
1: Come on, man. We already know it's no to Mac Lawrence. Jones. Mac Jones. No, no, no. We're not getting into the Jones. <laughs> but at least in your defense, he is probably Jones there. has yeah,
0: the San Francisco
1: completely slid up. Yes, the draft boards. Across I said the he would.
0: Board. Somebody predicted that somebody. And there was, that, well, there's a, well, there a couple guys that every time I mentioned Mac Jones name, I said, trust me, as we get closer to the draft, his name will continue to pop up. And when they go through the pro days and, and people get a chance really to meet him and see him. And when he shows that kind of production on the field and he shows it to the scouts uh, in person. I said, and I told you this, I told oh, Phil, I should, I should call you him. Told, you told I, Phil I told, and James, I told yes. him, don't yeah. argue with me. I know this. I'm an expert at this. I said, Mac Jones will be more than likely a top five pick. I think he should be the number one draft pick in this. Uh, and I don't care what you say. I think he should be said you're shaking my head one. for those who can't see. I know you are. That's why I told you I love you like a brother that I never wanted. But I think he should be the first pick in this year's draft. Why? If you can play on a Nick Saban's team, there's no coach out there that prepares his players for the next level than Nick Saban. I promise you, you go look at the board. That's why guys are so successful every year. People don't go to with, Alabama.
1: With the exception of one position.
0: What, defensive back or quarterback? Don't Actually, say quarterback. It's, it's
1: two. it's quarterback and kicker.
0: Oh, there you go again. You know what, Davey? I'm not even going to say child please to you. But you know what? D, I'm tired of talking about Jamar Chase as much as I love him. LSU. I have to support him. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Kadarius Toney. We've talked about last week. I talked about Amon Ross St. Brown. I told you how I got the name Ra and St. in there, his dad. We talked about Josh Palmer. And then we just keep going on. You know, we go to Danico Autry. We talked about Bud Dupree. But, you know, I went back and I was thinking about the gems in the draft. And how many times we, we get so fixated on the draft and we see just the first round. But when you really look at the draft in a whole, you always, if you really study the draft, your marquee names, your future Hall of Famers typically come from rounds four through six or four and seven, how many rounds, this, whatever's going to be this year. How many times have we saw in recent draft where you, you would get a guy by the name of Tom Brady, the 199th pick in uh, 2000. How many times have we witnessed an Antonio Brown in the sixth round from Central Michigan? Stephon Diggs from Maryland, a fifth round pick. We see it over and over again. That's why I don't even watch the first round. Mm-mm. I watch day two.
1: Well, I will say that from an entertainment value I typically enjoy day one the most, especially whenever they've started going to different venues. I'm with you that the best players, whenever we look at it from the course of their entire career, typically come from later later back in the draft when you're looking at what ends up happening in the Hall of Fame. But, I mean, still, outside of the occasional bust, you need that first-round pick to be a solid, hopefully career player for your team. And I mean, like for the most part, you typically see a guy that does get drafted in the first round have very long and extensive careers in the NFL. Now, it doesn't always work out. Like That's one of the things right now that general manager John Robinson has, he's not extended a first round pick in his time to a second contract. I know he's, he's not been here to where that would have been the case very often, but it, it looks as though... Maybe Jeff Simmons will be the first guy that they do that with. Right now, it's not looking as though Rashawn Evans is going to be getting that second contract. Again, a lot can change between now and a year. But I mean, we saw it with CD. We saw it with the Dory Jackson. Both those guys, first round picks with the Titans. Neither one of them are currently on the roster this year. So while they're not on the roster, they have both gotten really big paydays because I mean, it pays to be a first round pick. But well, I want to hear your
0: differences. Well, that's the only difference is the money, and I'm not going to focus on the first round because. I want to focus on the later rounds, what I call the day two players. Okay. And forward. I was going through, okay, you know, today I was going through and I was having a conversation early, earlier with someone about your, really your gems. They come from the later part of the draft. And my two favorite players that I love the most was Iron Mike Webster, who played for the Steelers a long time. You ever watched the movie Concussion? He had really a- With Will a, Smith? Yeah, Will Smith. What- that is the reason now that the NFL, as well as college, they really cleaned up a lot of the. a lot of the rules have been implemented from uh, really when they were exposed, to really what was going on behind the scenes of the National Football League, which is a business. And a lot of it was based on Iron Mike Webster. And I'm not going to get into a storytelling, but Iron Mike was one of the greatest centers, greatest interior linemen to ever play the game. He was a part of. That great that what we call it still occurred in the heydays of Pittsburgh when they was winning all of those championships. And I was looking through and I noticed that as great as he was, I thought about where was he drafted? He's a Hall of Famer. And he was drafted in the fifth round. He was the 125th pick in 1974. And I was thinking to myself, what player best really represents, at least to me, in my opinion, in this year draft, who best Kind of has a lot of the attributes that was displayed by Mike Webster and what he put over in a Hall of Fame career. And I kept and I went back, and there's a name out there for our listeners. And you're probably thinking, Denard, you're crazy. But there's a name that I want to throw out to our listeners by the name of Quinn Mirnes. Okay. Wisconsin? Wisconsin, what?
1: Oh, gosh. It's Uh,
0: come on. That was, that was going to be your trivia question. Don't you look it up.
1: I'm not going to remember it, man. <laughs> Wisconsin Whitewater. What is their mascot name? Who knows? Is, I know. <laughs> you should know this. I don't know it, man. Are they Division two or Division three? D3. Okay. Their mascot name is Willie
0: Warhawk. That's a cool mascot. Could you imagine calling a game and saying, the Willie Warhawk star. That is a cool nickname. What is a Willie Warhawk? And who is their most famous alumni?
1: I'm not going to be able to give you that answer. i give
0: you a great name. For all our listeners, this would be like a great trivia question. And the most famous alumni out of Wisconsin Whitewater is one of the greatest comedians ever to grace television. He was a great musician. And I remember a movie with Dan Aykroyd back in the early 80s when I was a kid. John Belushi.
1: Did not realize he came from there.
0: Yeah, me neither, man. And I love that movie. The Blues Brothers? Yeah, The Blues Brothers. That was, man, I love that movie, man. Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi, two of the greatest of all time. And I've watched that movie about a thousand times. And man, John Belushi's just—he's amazing. But this player, a lot of times, a lot of people just—they don't know nothing about deep three players. One of the greatest linebackers to ever play this game was the great Sam Mills. Okay, out of Montclair State, was a Division three school. And and I said this earlier uh, when we first started that if you go to Carolina, their stadium in Charlotte. There's really two statues. There's one of a Panther, and there's one of Sam Mills. I want to say this about a player of his caliber. Let me just say this. He is an explosive, a very dynamic lineman. He's a guard. When I was thinking about Quinn Mineiros, Davey, when I look at the old films of the Steelers and I look at Mike Webster, he fits that mold. He is very, very nasty. And what I mean by a nasty lineman, that is a good When somebody can refer to you as nasty, that's good. That's like Taylor LeWan. That's what we like about him. You know, he likes to fight. He likes to mix it up. You know, he's that guy when something happens, he's around. And that's what Mirnez is about. He is tough. And at the Senior Bowl, he dominated some of the top prospects that is going in defensive lineman that's entering the 2021 draft. And he graded in the 90th percentile among testing. And he was the second highest rated offensive lineman at this year's senior bowl. Nobody knows anything about this young man other than he is not only one of the most productive linemen in Division Three history, he is a player that really can change the dynamic of your offensive line. Now, I know the Titans last year was very successful, number one uh, rated team in rushing. But you got to understand, you're bringing a, a whole new nucleus of players about. You're going to lose a few pieces. We know Dennis Kelly is gone. Now we know that Toss Sombraio is going to step in. And of course, Kendall Lamb comes in from Cleveland. We know Quisenberry, he's a quality backup. But man, you imagine that you can get a player of this caliber, get him in, train him, get him going. Because, you know, so down the line, unfortunately, with free agency, you're going to start losing more and more players. So you got to get guys quality players uh, in this draft so you can start thinking about your future
1: well on thinking about your future i mean i know ben jones has done really well for the titans but he's a free agent after next season so if you're looking for getting a guy in a later round that you think might have that potential to where he has a year to follow in the footsteps of a guy who has been a a very foundational player on that offensive line does a really good job of getting people in position I, i think that. If the price for Ben Jones after next year is too much, and you realize that Quinn, if you were to draft him, is a very capable player, then the timing's perfect to get a center or a guy that can play center or guard in the later rounds this year.
0: Yeah, you know, and you have to address that. Unfortunately, you know, we have a salary cap, so you're going to lose guys there Um, every year. There's change changes that are made to you know your program, and you always uh, through a draft you address what we call the future um, in the league, because it's just like, you know, in 2017, I, you know, I truly believe that the Titans have one of the best draft classes ever in the history of that organization. You talking about players like John New coming out of that draft. So what you got to do is you got to make sure that you draft for the future because you don't know uh, what's going to happen next year. That's unfort that's the unfortunate part of this game is that there's always changes, you know, every year and a team will always look different. But in the NFL it's all about the salary cap and it's all about sometimes guys hitting it at the right time. You see that with Corey. We basically saw a player that, you know, his fourth year, you know, they didn't up him, they didn't give him that fifth year option, they declined it. All of a sudden, he just goes off has a monster year and now he got paid, you know, now he's going to be with the Jets. And so you always have to address the future, and the way that you address, address the future in the National Football League is through the draft.
1: It's what you got to do. I mean, I, I do think at some point, when you look at it, where the Titans' lines really does set for the future, I mean, you have to focus on getting some quality depth, at least for this season, and then some possibly potential starters for the year after. So, I mean, I'm with you. I, I like the the consideration for going that route later on in the draft. I definitely expect somebody at the center or the guard position to be selected by the Titans at some point. A lot of quality players out there, and it remains to be seen, but I like where your head's at in, in going that route, D. I did want to take a brief moment to talk about one of our newest sponsors. I want to tell you about some incredibly awesome sunglasses that, one, I've had great feedback on whenever you're looking at, one, their durability, two, their style. But I wanted to talk to you about Canaan. It's time to make your outdoor experiences better with Canaan. Canaan sunglasses are made exclusively with polarized lenses for optimal clarity. They're made with Japanese optics that make their lenses clearer, lighter, stronger, and Italian hand-crafted frames that are impossible to scratch. Use the exclusive code KANANCAST15 at KANAN.com to receive 15% off on your first pair. That's K-A-E-N-O-N-C-A-S-T-1-5. KANAN. Clearly better. So D, I know it's not always flashy. It's not always sexy to talk about the offensive line, but it is definitely something that the Titans are going to have to use a pick or two on in this upcoming draft. So. Like I said before, I like where your head's at with that. Moving along in your list, where are we headed?
0: Well, you know, the last few podcasts we've been talking about on the defensive side of the ball, we've been talking about the outside linebackers. We've been talking about a lack of production as far as getting to the quarterback. You know, it just seemed like every podcast we've been just talking about edge rushers. But you know what? The Titans lost in free agency, unfortunately, one of the up-and-coming tight ends in the league, and John New Smith, hey, he got paid handsomely. I'm proud of him. He deserved every piece of that money that he's going to get from New England. But I will say this, now, the quarterback play, you're set. So now you have to address, really, to me, if not one of the most important positions on the offensive side of the ball, other than offensive line, you have to think about the tight end position. Now, you got a great quarterback, but what makes a great quarterback in this league is a great offensive line. You got to have a really good running game, but you got to have a solid tight end. You know, what? I was going back into the old days, and I was thinking about Montana, you know, how great Joe Montana and Steve Young how great they were at San Francisco, two Hall of Famers. But one of the things that they had in common, they both had great tight ends. One in Dwight Clark um, out of Clemson, who was actually a quarterback. I'm sorry, he was actually a receiver at Clemson back in the late 70s, early 80s. And Coach Walsh, being the genius uh, that he was, you know, was basically scouting a quarterback at Clemson and needed a, you know, a receiver to run routes (laughs) and saw Dwight Clark and said, you know what, I can develop that player. I can develop him into a great player. And he ends up being a really great tight end for nine years in the National Football League. Brent Jones comes along and he just really just Reevolutionized the game, the tight end position. He was a great tight end in the, in the early eighties. I mean, in the mid eighties for San Francisco, and just like we we witnessed last year with Rod and John, we saw that chemistry building between those two. And you saw when Tennessee was rolling, we saw the tight end position making plays. So now you lose a high caliber tight end in Johnu. The question that I would have for the Titans organization is, are you sold on Anthony Fergster? Are you sold on Jeff Swain out of the University of Texas? Are you sold on those two? Or do you go into the draft like you did in 2017 and find you another John New Smith? And when I, you know, in the tight end position, you know, I've always said this. And just like I just alluded earlier, how we find the Mike Websters in the later part of the in the draft, the Antonio Browns, the Stephon Diggs, the Tom Brady's. Shannon Sharp, you know, in 1990, out of a little bitty small school, South Carolina State, I mean Savannah State, excuse me, the Denver Broncos took a chance on a, uh, a guy and, and brought him in. What was he a seventh round draft pick? He was the 190, 192nd pick in the 1990 draft. And he would go down arguably as one of the greatest to ever play the game. You know, I love listening to him all the time on Undisputed. He's a great – him and Skip Bayless, I love to watch them talk, oh, come on, man. But the thing that I love about my old former teammate, Big Play Shea, is what we call him, because that's all he thats all he did was just make play, plays after plays. And I'm asking myself, where can we find our gym, our dime piece? When I look at Darren Waller, I'm thinking to myself, how in the world did he? This guy, this beast, this monster going the sixth round. So what about Tennessee? Day two. Who are some names out there? Who would be who would be great? Who would be our version or emulate guys like Travis Kelsey or Zach Ertz? You know, Darren Waller, as I just mentioned, Jason Witten.
1: You might have a different perspective than I do. I don't think this tight end class is very deep. There is one guy, obviously, that is what I would call a unicorn when you look at the tight end class. It's Kyle Pitts who's going to go – if he doesn't go in the top five, I'll be surprised. So, like, well, he's not an option. But yeah. there's only one other guy that I would take in the top three rounds. Who? And that guy is Brevin Jordan out of the University of Miami.
0: Okay. Okay. You are entitled to your opinion.
1: Are you going with Tommy Trimble? No. Are you going with uh, the Boston College kid? No. Which tight end are you going with in this I'm draft class,
0: When I say I'm going deep, I don't want to talk about these schools like Louisiana State and the Floridas. I want to go deep. I want to talk about schools that we've never even heard of before. And I'm going to Zach Davidson, six foot seven, two hundred and forty five pounds. He was an All American in 2019 from Central Missouri. This guy is a beast. And let me tell you something else. Not only was he an All-American at tight end, he was a third-team All-American at punter. So imagine when you can get a guy of his caliber. If you're the special teams coordinator, Craig Ackerman, you're saying to yourself, we got a guy who's very versatile. He can go both ways. He can give me special teams play, and he can be, you know, learned from Jeff and Anthony. And so we can develop him. But he's going to give me production early on special teams because that's what most of your draft picks, when they get drafted, That's what they're going to do their first few years. You're going to make it on the special teams. So he would be a huge addition to this team. And let me tell you something.
1: You're not going to like what I'm about to say, but I'll go ahead and let you finish.
0: I know you're not going to like it. That's why I told you. I love you like a brother that I never wanted. I'm saying
1: you're not going to like what I'm about to say.
0: I know. But you know who Zach Davidson reminds me of, and i tell our listeners, think go back to 1997. And I I had the privilege and the honor to play with not only – Probably the best, one of the best tight ends in the country, and he was the first round. He was a first round draft pick of the Dallas Cowboys. Troy Aikman specifically wanted this one player. His name is—you know who I'm talking about. In 1997, the Dallas Cowboys selected in the first round. I don't know. I love. It. I love it when you do your hair like that. David LaFleur from Louisiana State mm-hmm. University, who was six foot seven, two hundred and eighty pounds. And very explosive. Former teammate of yours. Yes. Yes. He was one of the best in all American. And let me tell you something about him. And they're very much alike. Okay. Both big, great blockers. But what you love about them is that they can use their bodies almost like a basketball player that's trying to box out a defender. That's really what players do in the National Football League. You ever watch like if you get in the goal line and he throws a fade, you watching two guys that are tussling for the ball? You ever see that? Yeah, you gotta, you mean, you gotta have a guy
1: that can go up and get it.
0: You gotta have a guy that can go up and get it. What's the difference between a, a, a quarterback throwing a fade route, you know, in the end zone and a forward or a power forward like Charles Barkley going up for a rebound? You do the same thing. That's what we call basketball and a guy out. You are basically blocking him out. You imagine a guy with this frame. And this kind of a speed—he's a four, four six, four, seven, forty at two hundred forty-five pounds. So he's not that big, but what he is—he's explosive, and he can create space, and he can top the defense, and he's a nightmare for a defensive back or a linebacker that's trying to cover him. I've I've had to cover tight ends in the past when I played, and it's not very—that's one thing that most defense defense, defensive players like myself we don't want to do because they're too big. They're too big to handle. That's what create mismatches in the game. That's why you start to see teams, they basically spread teams out. That's what Kansas City, they do very well. They're able to spread you out, and then they create the mismatch, typically between Travis Kelsey, what makes him so good at 6'5", 250 pounds. Usually you try to have a defensive back on him like a, a nickel or a dime. They can't do it because he's too big. Or then you try to put a linebacker on him. He's too slow. So now you wonder why these tight ends are they're getting paid so handsomely. It's because they are a nightmare when you have a tight end of this value, when you have tight ends that have the value of a Travis Kelsey or a Zach Ertz, that's, that's why this position is so pivotable in the draft. And when you can get a guy that nobody even, they don't even know about Zach Davidson right now. But let me tell you something. He's a name to be reckoned with, and he's a force. I'm telling you, Davey, right now. And I tell our listeners, this guy is going to be a stud because he's, he's, he's a versatile player, as I just alluded to earlier, about his you know, his, you know, being able to play you know, multiple positions. This is what Bill Belichick loves. He loves this. He loves guys that can add dimension to his team other than just stick them at one position.
1: Here's the part where I say something that you don't like. I, I personally do not see Davidson getting drafted. I expect him to make a roster and be competing come fall camp. Looking at what is already a weak tight end position or position group for this class. And then just some of the guys above him that I would actually be surprised if they continue down this list of some of the guys that are already on the outskirts of maybe getting drafted. I rank them ahead of Davidson. So, D, what I want to say is I hope I hope you're right. I hope this guy gets drafted. If he does it, he'll be a seventh-round pick. He'll be something to where a team has fallen in love with him, and they think this guy is versatile as you've talked about, and he's going to be able to come in and fit our scheme. But just from an overall talent standpoint, if I'm looking at these other tight ends, I wouldn't have him in my top ten in this coming class.
0: That's okay. You know why? Because... I would rather go on history and history tells me basically that you can take those top 10 players and you can keep them to yourself. I'll take the guys in the later rounds because history tells me no,
1: I, I'm talking the about guys my that team.
0: are picked in the fourth, fifth, or sixth or under. How many times last year on the Titans team did we see a lot of undrafted free agents step in and play big? Pretty much the whole year. Cam Batson.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, 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 there were moments where guys guys was were Adam Humphreys
0: in. a free agent? Was he drafted? Dan Quisenberry was he? Yeah, he was drafted. Mm-mm, no, he wasn't. And he stepped in for Taylor last year and played just lights out.
1: It's possible, man. Like, <laughs> again, I'm not I'm it's not possible. arguing against it. Yeah, I am I'm just, not like, arguing. Like it is one of those things. Maybe the Titans system. When you look at the tight ends, but here's the thing. Titans typically do a really good job at evaluating tight ends, and so if you are an undrafted free agent, I don't necessarily see that being a a team you would likely go to if you're looking to make a roster. Just because I know we've already got three that are likely going to be on it once the season starts. and Again, a lot can change. You might view it differently. A lot remains to be seen, but we're just going to have to disagree on Davidson and what his future in the NFL might be like.
0: Well, I think he's got a great future. I think he's, he has a great upside. Again, this is why you have the Senior Bowl, and this is why they have scouts. Your job is to go out there every year and find untapped talent. Find us someone that we don't know about. Find us a guy out there that nobody, none of our listeners have ever heard of. How many of us out there, and I'm sure I'll, I, if I can ask all of our listeners, how many of y'all have ever heard of Quinn Mirnaz out of Wisconsin Whitewater, a Division three school? And yet when he went to the Senior Bowl this year, he dominated. He dominated from... Uh, his testing, he finished second in a 90th percentile among all offensive linemen that were potentially draft picks in 2021 or this year's draft. And then you put him on the field against the best talent in the nation. And yet he shines, rated the second best tackle as far as senior bowl performance. See, the thing about it is, is that with the draft, there's, there's not enough. What I call rounds to draft all of the guys, you know that you know basically are, are seniors that are that are coming out early. That's why we see so many times, um, we, we always say, well, where did he come from? You know, we we never saw this um, coming. that was this that was what the knack was on Tom Brady. Where did this come from? This wasn't supposed to happen. There were how many six quarterbacks that were taken before Tom Brady? Six. So, if I was to do my math correctly, that means that out of the seven guys total, and you trying to tell me that the guy that was taken last has had the most productive career out of the six guys that went before him, who could have predicted that?
1: Well, no one. And I mean, that's, no that's, that's one. part right of it. Here. That's part that's, of it. Like that's every part, year.
0: That's, that's why you got to just. It, and, David, it's not even about getting drafted. It's just. Getting in there, mm-hmm. getting in there for some of us. That's the easy part. The hardest part is staying for some guys. Just getting in is the hardest part. But once they get in, ask Sam Mills, one of the greatest linebackers to ever play the game. If you looked at Sam Mills and God rest his soul, let me tell you something. Physically wise, he wouldn't pass the eye test. He was only about five foot six, five, seven. There's no way in the world that a player who's five foot six out of Montclair State will play in the National Football League. Five, six, five, seven, 240 pounds. Are you serious against linemen that averages about six, five, three hundred? That is not supposed to happen. That's Uh what I love about football. It's always imagine imagine the unimaginable. That means whatever we thought, it typically don't happen that way.
1: Well, that's <laughs> Terrell, just sports, man. That's, 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 that's sports, sports for exactly. you. So that's Exactly. I sports. mean, that's why we love it. And, again, like I know we say here we kind of go at each other, but I think that's what makes for an entertaining back and forth. So I know that there's going to be a lot that will happen over that three-day span of the draft, and there's always going to be those guys that we kind of latch on to that you're like, oh, that's like the sleeper that you're kind of rooting for. And, and I do think in your assessment of uh, Zach Davidson, he's one of those guys that I think, like as you mentioned, his versatility. You're talking about a guy playing punter, a guy playing tight end. That will kind of let him stick out into the heart of the fans. And so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, but that's, again, that's one of the things we love. And maybe we do find those guys. I mean, one of my favorite guys growing up, I know most of the league hated him, but whenever he was on your team, You kind of had fun watching him, but he was a seventh round pick. His name was Cortland Finnegan. So it's like there's always those guys. So it's just what adds to the entertainment of what is the National Football League.
0: Less welcome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the list the list goes on for quite a while, but it is always what keeps us coming back for more because we do find those those diamonds in the rough. So I am interested to see. Who those guys might be. D, I like that you're calling a shot. You're putting that out there in the open. And I, I hope it comes comes into reality for you, man. I really do. Because I know you've you've done your research. You're looking at them. And you're like, these guys, they have the talent. And that's what it really boils down to is somebody willing to give them a shot. And that is something that we're going to see here soon. Like I said, a week away. But D. We're up against it for today, my friend. But we appreciate everyone tuning in. Denard Walker. I am Davey Hudson. Until next time, you have been listening to Believe in Titans, presented by Bet Online. and as always, tighten up. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Believe in Titans on the Belief Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We are available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. And you can follow along... To keep up with all the latest titans information on twitter at belief titans that's b-l-e-a-v-t-i-t-a-n-s and hey if you're interested in advertising on the show please contact believe at believe.com for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus